0: This week we will be discussing
1: how awesome I would have done in college if I gave it like any effort at all.
0: This is not therapy.
1: Q theme song. Hello and welcome to Circle Yerk. I'm Barry. I'm Shawnee. And those are our first names. We can't tell you our last names, because <laughs> if we did, someone on Reddit would probably dox us or something. <laughs> Shawnee, may the candrona shine and strengthen you. What do we do here on Circle Yerk?
0: Well, this is an Animorphs podcast where you have read the books, you are recapping them to me. I have not read them, and between every episode, I forget everything.
1: And guess what, Shawnee? What's that? I have some questions for you.
0: My least favorite part of every single episode.
1: They say that the third time's is charm. Shani, what's the name of the Chapman's cat? Fluffer. Bonus points for the full name. Fluffer... I'm already impressed.
0: Fluffer McKitty.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs>
0: Wait, is that is that correct?
1: That is correct. Oh, my God. <laughs> Question number two. Shani, who was the titular visitor in the second, ep- uh, second uh, book?
0: Um... It's the big evil guy. ns 3?
1: That was uh Ennis 226, I believe, was was Chapman. Oh, sorry, I missed uh, Who was okay. the visitor? Vi-
0: oh, I was going to say uh so hold on. Visitor 3 I was like the big guy, the big big evil guy. <laughs> I I don't remember his name.
1: Remember whose name?
0: The big evil guy's name.
1: Visitor 3, yeah.
0: Was Oh, was it Visitor 3?
1: Visitor 3's not the visitor though. Oh. The correct answer is I have no fucking idea.
0: Oh, so I got it
1: correct. Kinda, yeah. They, it's it's just I'm, I'm starting to think these titles are just pulled out of a hat. Mm. Question three: What's describe a double morph?
0: Oh, I know this. Hold on. It is when you are morphing, and then you morph directly into a new one without going back to being a human.
1: It is the exact opposite. It's oh. when you <laughs> morph from one animal. To a human, but you're only a human for a moment, thus resetting the two-hour time limit into your next morph.
0: That's not the complete opposite. That's just like you had in the human little detour, gas station stop.
1: Right. You're right. You're right. So when you said you don't turn into a human and I said you do turn into a human, Ugh. those aren't opposites in any way. My apologies.
0: No, I, I thought you went, I,
1: whatever. Number four, to the best of your... I knew Fluffer. That's all I care about. To the best of your ability, describe a Hork-Bajir.
0: Okay. Um. <laughs> there's a scorpion tail involved.
1: For the Andalites, yes. Ah, damn it.
0: Um. They have legs as big as tree trunks.
1: <laughs> well, that's true of everyone, but. Yeah. Is it true? Probably.
0: Oh. Um. There's a snake head. Uh. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know what? I'll give it to you. Snake heads. The rest of what I was looking for was uh, uh, like a falcon beak, three horns on their heads, large green body, and the most important aspect of a Hork-Bajir are their blade horn, sh-
0: blade, horn, horn things. Horn,
1: blade, bones covering their body and their tail.
0: Okay, right. well, in my defense, they were described in book one, and that was like seven episodes ago. And, and book two.
1: In fact, one thing I don't think we have (laughs) addressed is Marco has a nickname that he's used for the uh, Hork-Bajir. He calls them salad shooters. I'm not exactly sure why. They're green and they have blades. Uh, But yes, that is how he refers to the Hork-Bajir. That
0: sounds like a really terrible sex act.
1: (laughs) And final question. Shani, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you to finally get into a Tobias POV book?
0: Oh God, I was I was genuinely afraid when we decided to record that it was going to be a Cassie or a Tobias book, and now all of my worst nightmares are coming to life.
1: Book three, the encounter. We've already heard from Jake in book one and Rachel in book two, and now we get to hear from Tobias, who, if you'll remember, is trapped in the form of a red-tailed hawk permanently. Wait,
0: does that mean that the entire book is just going to go? Yeah, Caw-caw!
1: that's it. It's the whole book. It was very Caw-caw! difficult
0: to read. Caw-caw! Does, is that the noise that a hawk makes? I it don't is, understand. It is now.
1: Uh, this audiobook was narrated by Michael Crouch, who I think just did a perfectly fine job of narrating uh, what I think Tobias would sound like. He had a very neurotic kind of voice. I think he uh-huh. does very well. So it starts off with the usual introduction. My name's Tobias. I'm just a normal kid, or at least I used to be. Ugh. He tells us how he used to be a dork. He was picked on a lot. You still are a dork, Tobias. Yeah, exactly. That, that hasn't changed.
0: No, that hasn't changed. Like, you might be a hawk, but you're still a dork.
1: Uh, he says his eye color was... Oh, wow. Wait. He doesn't even remember what his eye color used to be. See, so only... he's
0: losing his humanity.
1: Exactly. And that is the theme of this book. Although it's only been a few weeks as a hawk, He's already starting to forget things about being human.
0: I understand that, like, his family didn't really care about him and his, like, aunt and uncle were terrible or whatever. But the fact that no one is concerned that he just went missing completely, just vanished off the, off the earth.
1: There is an explanation for that that we will get to shortly. How boring. Uh, he's flying around one day surfing the thermals. Don't look for a shot glass. You're safe.
0: Oh, thank God. I, was, I genuinely had, like, a... <gasps>
1: And he sees a billboard for Dylan Dan Hawk's used cars, and he dives towards it. Be- just because it says Hawks? Well, no, you see, Dylan Dan Hawk is about to shoot a commercial for his car dealership. And he needs a mascot? He doesn't need a mascot. Specifically, he's about to shoot a live commercial, which isn't a thing that exists, and if it did exist, it wouldn't make any sense.
0: I was going to say, what is this? The Home the home Shopping Network? I think that's like... Or QVC. Like, that's the only live commercial, right? Right,
1: right. Th- this is this is dumb. You see, the star of this commercial is...
0: By the way, what does this have to do with, like, the whole alien invasion and, like, the Andalites being under attack and... Absolutely
1: fucking nothing. Okay. This is... <laughs> I, I will bet money right now that for the rest of the series... We will never get an opening as dumb as this one. Okay. I, I will place money down on that. Like Marco, I would bet on it. So, Price Cut Polly is the name of this caged up red tailed hawk that Dylan Dan Hawk has that he's going to use for his live commercial for his used car dealership. Are you on board so far? Because I'm not. No, just the
0: alliteration is offensive to my intelligence.
1: Tobias is not okay with a fellow hawk being caged up. Hawks are meant to be free man. How would
0: you know? You've been a hawk for two minutes.
1: She's being exploited, and so he plans. Polly a is a girl? Price cut Polly is a female hawk, yes.
0: Well at least call her Paula.
1: Like like aren't isn't Polly a like parrot or parakeet thing? There's a lot of problems with this, not the least of which being the concept of a live commercial. <laughs>
0: Or the fact that this even is in this book. Like, how is this advancing the plot whatsoever?
1: How is he going to sell cars? Look, I I have a bird that has the same name as my last name. So stupid. Anyway, Tobias is not okay with her being exploited like this. With his excellent eyesight, he can see the people entering the numerical combination on the lock to her cage. So while they're getting ready to film the commercial, he swooshes down and starts in on the lock moving the numbers in place with his beak while he holds on wait, with his talents. Wait, 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 wait. A used
0: car dealership... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, take your time. The used car dealership... Mm-hmm. ...has a mascot.
1: That is a hawk.
0: That is a, a hawk.
1: Because dealing Dan Hawk, he cuts prices.
0: And then this hawk lives in a cage at the dealership. Right. And there's like a mission impossible numerical pad to the cage combination lock yeah combination lock is very different than a like a touchpad i
1: didn't say touchpad
0: what numerical lock yeah that's like the spinny things that you'd get for like the gym
1: or bike rack yeah (sighs) all of this is dumb for for the live commercial that they're shooting
0: yeah okay I'm waiting for this to have anything to do with the plot.
1: Here's the thing. We haven't reached the dumb part yet. Oh, God. Honestly. So people start to see that there's this other hawk trying to open the lock. They start to come towards him. They want this to stop. They start attacking him, swinging things at him. One guy almost hits him with a wrench, and he thought-speaks, Hello, are you there? I could use a little help. He hears a voice say, Sorry, the bus was running a little late. As an elephant- crashes into the car dealership, stomping on convertibles.
0: Uh, excuse me? I mean, I understand. It's Cassie. Or Rachel. Or Rachel. But what? What? Why
1: are we here? Oh, oh, it gets worse. Now the people don't care about the hawks anymore. They're all distracted by the elephant. Tobias gets the lock open, frees Polly. Polly flies away. Tobias watches her fly away and has a strange feeling. A feeling that he should no, fly away with her. No,
0: no. A feeling that he should no, be with her. No, no. He got horny?
1: He got a little horny. Oh, Jesus. He watches her fly away towards the setting sun majestically. And Rachel's like, uh, yeah, can we go now? Yeah, same. They hear sirens, so they take off. Rachel morphs back into a human once they're out of sight. She has her skin-tight clothings on. But she is barefoot because she can't morph with shoes on.
0: Yeah, all of this is, like, so extremely irrelevant.
1: It's, it's, it's not only irrelevant, it's just so stupid.
0: Like, how is this going to make me interested in the rest of the plot in this book?
1: It, it isn't. Rachel points out <laughs> that they were shooting the live commercial, which, again, is not a thing. And even if it were a thing, it wouldn't make sense during this rescue attempt. And what if a controller saw the commercial? Then they would know. That they weren't just normal animals.
0: Wait, is the film running as this is happening?
1: Well, it's a live commercial, so it was being broadcast as it was happening.
0: Well, why was the mascot in the cage? Why wasn't the mascot on, like, dealing, wheeling Dan's arm?
1: She was too busy cutting price? I don't know. <laughs> so so far, we've, we've seen the Animorphs do some dumb shit. Oh,
0: but song, morphing
1: huh? into an elephant and attacking during a live filming... When they could have, like, I don't know, waited and rescued her later on that night. Or, you know, not fucking done anything, because this whole rescue attempt is stupid. Like, Tobias sees a hawk, he's sad that she's in a cage, and he puts not just all the anamorphs at risk by potentially exposing themselves to the Yurks, but all of humanity to rescue yeah. this one dumb hawk. This is the... The dumbest thing I could imagine them doing.
0: I mean, this is on par for anything that Tobias will do, though.
1: This, Almost
0: as good as anything Jake will.
1: When this is over, my very first thought was man, I cannot wait to hear Marco rip into them. <laughs> Fair. So Rachel takes off, and Tobias starts thinking about that hawk again, price cut Polly, and takes off wait, on is a it nearby thermal.
0: Is it Polly like Polly D from Jersey Shore? Is it like Polly, like Polly wants a cracker?
1: Those are the same things you just said twice.
0: No, no, no. Polly D is P A U L
1: Y. Oh, you're asking for the spelling?
0: Yeah. Because I was like, why is her name Polly? Because I was immediately thinking of Polly D. No, like, like the bird, Pauly. So, Polly. So P O L L Y. Yes. No, it's just your stupid Pennsylvania accent is ruining everything.
1: Polly and Polly are the same, they're pronounced the same. Sure, they are. Go on. No, how, how do you pronounce them? Polly. Right. And Polly. I Okay, okay, I, I see where you're going. <laughs> so he's thinking about her, takes off on a thermal, and heads in the direction towards Rachel's house, where he feels a great disturbance in the air above him.
0: Okay, Gandalf.
1: Oh, you're so close. <laughs> that's, that's so... It hurt me to hear you say that. Okay. Uh, it was like... Uh, it felt like there was a jet flying overhead like bigger than a jet but when he looked up he saw nothing he felt something in the sky he sensed it in the air but he couldn't see anything above him is it the force he focuses his eyes as sharply as he can and concentrates and he can just barely see there's a ripple some kind of hole in the sky Tobias I am your father (laughs) but the ripple moves away from him and he loses track of it
0: nothing that has happened so far has any bearing on anything that is well, relevant
1: Polly didn't but i think seeing like some weird invisible thing in the sky is now we're if getting it's in, if it's something. invisible
0: you can't see it shut the fuck up <laughs> i'm just pointing out inconsistencies
1: so he keeps flying towards rachel house and just as she's getting home rachel walks through the door tobias flies through a window and Jake, Cassie, and Marco are all inside waiting for them. And they are seething.
0: Why did they? Okay, so I understand that they're seething. But, like, when Tobias is like, guys, come on, help me out. Why did they go?
1: They didn't. Rachel did. Oh, Rachel did. Oh, sorry. Cassie's there. Okay, got it, got it. So well, Cassie, but Rachel's God, the sm- You cannot get them straight. <sighs> no, there but. They're different. Their names are completely different. They're different skin color. They're different personalities they're different in every conceivable way
0: well here's the thing all the information that i know about this book is delivered to me via you so maybe you're just not good at explaining it
1: i'm sure that's the case that's
0: definitely it
1: so cassie jake and marco are pissed marco loses his mind so he he says are you insane yes which is something that he says often enough that at this point it's it's like kind of his catchphrase in the book uh, so much so that Rachel and Tobias, when they're finished, they actually joke like, oh, I bet Marco's going to say, are you insane? Ugh, I hate that.
0: I hate that. You hate what? Like when the author realizes that they are like overusing a phrase and then instead of actually fixing it, they go like, oh, my God, it's like your catchphrase. Shining a
1: spotlight on it. Yeah. Yeah. Jake makes them promise to never do something that fucking stupid again.
0: Jake. Does not have any room to talk.
1: Uh, Compared to
0: the stupid stupid
1: things, this this takes the cake.
0: I don't know. I mean, like, the take thing was, like, absolutely insane.
1: (laughs) Well, that was all of their idea. Cassie tries to get everyone to calm down and get along. After a while, they all get up to leave. Tobias says he's going to fly around for a bit. And Jake says, oh, I'll I'll put some food up in the attic for you when you get home. You see, this answers your earlier question. Apparently, Tobias has been living in Jake's attic since becoming a hawk. He has the urge to go and hunt mice and things, but he doesn't actually do it. He just eats, like, leftover cheeseburgers and whatever food Jake brings to him. This is an important point that we'll come back to later, but just keep in mind that Tobias doesn't actively hunt for his food. Okay. So the next day, Tobias goes to the area where he saw, or rather didn't see, the thing in the sky. He didn't sense anything there that time. So he decides to come back later in the day, thinking, well, maybe it'll it'll appear the same time as it did yesterday. Which is kind of a bummer for him. You see, hawks usually spend all day hunting. But since he just eats what Jake brings him, he doesn't have a lot to do during the day. He gets kind of bored. And when he's bored, he starts thinking. And he starts remembering what it was like to be a human.
0: I was waiting for this, where it's like
1: his like existential crisis is en route oh this it gets bad in this book and so i i think i i mentioned the, in the end of our last episode i did not enjoy this book uh, mm-hmm. that much uh, which was weird because i'm like oh i love tobias is going to be a good book everything we cover today is kind of cool and fun but the next episode for us uh is a lot uh it's just all angst and it's i like angst it's it's nothing but angst i like angst it's it's just too much angst i like it to a degree i hate tobias though so when he starts uh, remembering what it was like to be a human he thinks about how much he misses hanging out at the mall
0: are you serious playing
1: sleaze troll games are you
0: serious even things like school
1: but he doesn't miss his home life yes we know so remember he was living with his uncle well jake told his uncle that Tobias went to stay with his aunt and then Jake called his aunt and said that Tobias was having a good time still staying with the aunt
0: oh my god it's the sleepover switcheroo it where you is, go to where you, where you yeah. go to a seniors party when you're in high school
1: right? and since his aunt and uncle hate each other they can keep this up for a while which should be good to keep Tobias's disappearance a secret for a bit so this answers the question that you brought up at the beginning I'm not sure what the school situation is. Maybe they just told Chapman that he moved in with his aunt. I I don't know. But he's bored. And he thinks, maybe I'll go visit Rachel. Because although he has feelings for Price Cut Polly, he has feelings for Rachel as well. Thus bringing up the most awkward love triangle (laughs) I've ever seen. Yeah, Two birds and an underage girl. (laughs) But as he's on his way to visit Rachel... He senses it again, something like a hole in the air above him. A thermal? And he, no, no, no. He sees a ripple there. He tries to get closer, but the thing is moving away from him quickly, heading towards the mountains.
0: What mountains?
1: Apparently there's mountains. Okay. Yeah. He looks ahead. And this, this part, like, is cool. He sees this V formation of geese flying through the air peacefully. And then just thud. A whole roll of geese just... Pfft, fold up like they got hit by a truck and their bodies are there and they're just like skidding back in the air with like blood as if they're latched on to an invisible train and where they were hit, where they made contact Tobias thinks he sees flashes of some kind of gray metal.
0: So it's like the ceiling in the Truman show.
1: uh, I was thinking almost like a glitch in a video game. Where, like, something hits something that isn't there. And it's like moving.
0: Roadrunner Wall.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tobias realizes at that moment what he's seeing. It's a stealth Yerk ship.
0: Well, naturally, Tobias would know about that because he has a PhD in Yerk military
1: technology. What else is it going to be? You see some invisible in the I sky. know. It's made of uh, metal. Uh,
0: is it made you of metal? You know
1: that the Yerks are there.
0: Uh, it's too easy. I don't like it.
1: Well, the next day, they're all in Cassie's barn discussing the cloaked-eared ship. It makes sense for them to meet there because there aren't a ton of places where four teens and a red-tailed hawk could sit around talking to each other and being conspicuous.
0: Especially when they're not actually talking to each other. They're just, like, talking to each other's brains, right? Well,
1: Tobias is the only one currently thought-speaking because, uh, if you'll remember, you can only thought-speak while you're morphed. Oh, so, um, we're going to take a break for a sec, and I want to show you something. Uh, We finally went live. Uh, Our first episode came out. I'm I'm very excited about that. It airs by the time this is recording. And on our Instagram post and on some other material, I had the little greater than and less than signs.
0: Oh, yes. And
1: you were confused and you didn't know what the point of that was. And I kept insisting on it. Yeah. So I'm going to open up the book for you and show you this because I didn't realize you didn't understand. So when characters are speaking, speaking, they have quotes... But when they're thought speaking, rather than quotes, you have the little greater than, less than symbols, Oh. which I think is kind of cool. It's kind of clever, yeah. I guess. So that is something you were asking about, uh, kind of off. Yeah, off yeah, the pod, yeah, uh, yeah. We were uh, we I were doing
0: uh, we were doing some graphics for for the show, and Barry asked me to do some edits that required the addition of greater than and less than And
1: now you understand. Kind of
0: now I understand it.
1: So they're discussing the ramifications of a cloak jerked ship flying around. And Jake is like, alright, well now that we know it's there, what are we going to do about this? Tobias wants to follow it, do a little recon. See, the first time he saw it, it was flying towards the mountains. The second time it was flying from the mountains along the same line, he's thinking maybe it's going to check out something over there. Marco, and surprisingly, Cassie, bring up the fact that, hey, they haven't had the best of luck lately. They attacked the York Pool and barely escaped. They spied on Chapman and Visser 3 and barely escaped. Maybe they, they shouldn't keep pressing their luck.
0: They attacked a deal- car dealership.
1: <laughs> and barely escaped. Marco does his usual spiel. I don't want to risk my life for people I don't even know. Rachel's had it. She's like, okay, Marco, fuck you. If you want out, then you're out. We'll do this without you. I'm sick of your bitching.
0: Honestly, I think Marco should be in charge of this because I think it would like engender the best results.
1: Well, Marco's like, oh, stop pretending you're so noble. You're really doing this because you get off on the danger. And that stunt at the car dealership, that wasn't about saving the world. You just saved one stupid bird.
0: What the fuck is going on? Bring back the seventeen <laughs> aliens whose names I will never remember. I don't want to watch Teens Fighting. If I wanted to watch Teens Fighting, I would watch Dawson's Creek.
1: And Tobias agrees with you. Everyone awkwardly looks at him and he's like Well, I'm going to the mountains to see what the ship is up to. Y'all can fuck off. Kaka Kaka
0: <laughs> That is not the noise or like sound that <laughs> Hawks makes. It
1: felt good in the moment.
0: I No, I, I, I love... I'm not
1: Cassie. I don't know what noises
0: make. <laughs> That's fair.
1: Rachel's like, I'll go with you, Tobias. Cassie's like, me too. Jake's like, I'm in. We'll go tomorrow morning. Marco says, no. And they're all like, fine. We get it. You're an asshole. He's like, no, no, no. I mean, we can't go in the morning. If we I have P.E. <laughs> if we all skip school, they'll notice. We have to go later in the evening. And they begrudgingly realize Marco has a point. So they plan to go the next day after school.
0: Jesus Christ. Finally, someone realizes that Marco has a point that they shouldn't be doing any of this at all. Ugh.
1: The next day, they're ready to go. They all have bird forms at this point, as you saw on our little Anwar fishing board. I sure did. But uh, Jake has a falcon morph. Rachel has an eagle morph. Marco and Cassie have the same offspring morph. Tobio is a red-tailed hawk at this point. But they realized that seeing a bunch of such different type of birds flying all together would be strange to any onlookers or potentially any bird watchers.
0: You know what would be weirder? A whole formation of geese flying into an invisible wall and just like <laughs> shattering into a bloody yeah. mess Hopefully or I don't know like random alien attacks in a construction site
1: next to the mall. Like, Those are all things that the Yerks can cover up though eh. and they don't have the same ability as the Yerks to cover things up so they decide to try a different morph rather than morphing as their birds something that could travel fast and far in the woods like the two wolves that Cassie has living in her barn. The-
0: she just... Okay. Very convenient.
1: Well, okay. That, yeah, that's what Cassie's barn exists for. They're being... No, no, no. I un- there.
0: No, I understand that. It's just like... I understand if you have, like, a wildlife, refuge, vet clinic, whatever. Wolves are, like, predators.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you to please stop making sense oh. while we're discussing this book. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this, this part gets me because, again, this is the same formula of, here's a problem. They acquire a morph... To solve the problem but that that takes this whole different side story that's usually not as fun as the rest of the story uh and it's just a pattern in this book and you know they could have just i don't know not all flown up together they could have gone one at a time that would have solved their problem or they could have flown in from different directions and met up in the middle but again i guess that would just make too much sense for them so they morph into wolves (laughs) okay marco starts complaining because surprise well he doesn't want to morph into a girl wolf are you serious see jake explains that one of the two guys had to morph into the female wolf because if they turned into the male wolves then they would try to fight for dominance the two
0: wolves should have just killed all of these teenagers when they try <laughs> to come near them, so we didn't have to have this conversation in the first place. Well,
1: there was one male wolf and one female wolf, and so either Jake or Marco have to turn into the male wolf because, again, you don't want one of them fighting to be the alpha wolf in the bunch.
0: Oh, well, obviously, Jake immediately knows so much about wolf wolf pack dynamics.
1: Actually, Shawnee, you know who does know a lot about wolf pack dynamics? Cassie no a man named david meck okay we're going to take a quick break from talking about the animorphs and talk about david Mech, who is a senior research scientist with the biological resources division u.s geological survey and an adjunct adjunct professor in the department of fisheries wildlife conservation and biology Department of Ecology, Evolution, and Behavior at the University of Minnesota.
0: That is a fuck of a long title for the business card.
1: According to his own website, David Meach has studied wolves and their prey since 1958, as well as several other species of wolves. Is he still alive? David Mech is still alive. He was the founder and vice chair of the International Wolf Center and chair of the IUCN as a wolf specialist group. From 1978 until 2013, David Mech has been studying wolves for nearly 70 years and is probably the most knowledgeable person on the planet when it comes to wolves.
0: Can I make a prediction? He says that a wolf pack can have two males
1: coexisting peacefully. You're not far off. It's going to be a hell of a lot more than two. You see, in his 1970 book, the Wolf, Ecology and Behavior of an Endangered Species, influenced pretty heavily on a paper written by behaviorist Rudolf Schneckel in 1947, Schneckel? titled Expression Studies on Wolves, Mech popularized the term alpha wolf. This is quite possibly the greatest regret of his life.
0: Wait. Is it because then there are beta wolves and sigma wolves and incels?
1: Well, Shawnee, tell me everything you know right now about the concept of the alpha wolf.
0: I mean, I think it's like it's the one who is like determines how the group works. But it doesn't mean that they won't also like share space in Mm -hmm. the in the pack. It just means that they're at the top.
1: Shawnee, would it surprise you to know that there is absolutely no such thing as an alpha wolf?
0: Uh Not really.
1: According to Mech himself, the concept of the alpha wolf is well ingrained in popular wolf literature, at least partially because of my book published in 1970 and is currently still in print despite my numerous pleas to the publisher to stop publishing it. Although most of the book is still accurate, much of it is outdated. We've learned more about wolves in the last 40 years than in all of previous history. One of those outdated pieces of information is the concept of the alpha wolf. Alpha implies competing with other wolves and becoming the top dog by winning a contest or battle. However, most wolves who lead packs achieve their position simply by mating and producing pups, which then became their pack. In other words, they're merely breeders or parents which is what we call them to this day, end quote. The problem was that both Mech and Schneckel were basing their observations entirely on captive wolves who were thrown into a situation that never would have existed naturally, such as at the Basel Zoo in Switzerland. Rivka Galchin, in her March 2023 article in The New Yorker, titled The Myth of the Alpha Wolf, says, quote, this might be the equivalent of studying the human family by observing the culture of prisoners in a holding cell. Now, if you think about how much the idea of the alpha wolf has permeated society, like literature involving werewolves, that entire season of Supernatural, probably like 70% of your romance novels.
0: I don't read Shifter stuff, but...
1: And it's all because... ...of some shoddy science done by two dudes over a half a century ago.
0: Honestly, that's, like, the reason for a lot of society's degradation right now. Like, just in general, like, two white dudes fucking shit up. Yeah. Like, the fact that we have the discovery of DNA is just two white dudes stealing a
1: woman's research. Ah, stole it while they were on drugs.
0: Yeah, how is that better? If she had been doing that research while she was high, no one would have taken her seriously.
1: Exactly, and all this just goes to say that when Jake told Marco that they might fight for dominance, he was wrong about that.
0: I'm so glad that you did that research that K.A. Applegate did not do.
1: So they morph into the wolves. Cassie and Marco finally get their third morph. Funnily enough, this is the second time that they're morphing into the same animal. Yeah. Do you remember in The Visitor, they both morphed into the same osprey. Now they're both morphing into the same wolf. I kind of hope this keeps up. It's like maybe like a little inside joke. But they decide surprisingly wisely to have Cassie try out the morph first on her own and then report back to them how it goes. Mainly because, as you remember, Cassie's the most talented when it comes to morphing. Right. And they know morphing can be a little unpredictable. As you brought up in the last episode... There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of rhyme and reason as to what animal instincts will be more difficult to overcome. Right. The shrew and the lizard morphs gave them nightmares. However, morphing into a flea or gorilla, not a big deal.
0: Yeah, none of this makes sense.
1: So Cassie disrobes down to her leotard, and she starts the gross, gross, nasty process of morphing.
0: <laughs> Wait, you're speaking of gross, gross, gross morphs. Do you remember that terrible Netflix werewolf cop movie that we watched?
1: Was it a cop or a priest?
0: I think it was a cop. Could have been both. But like they show the morph on like in the movie and it's like at the very beginning of it but it's it's like like horrendous FX. But there's like really long scenes of like his dick morphing.
1: <laughs> He's I in the don't shower. Remember that. Do you?
0: How do you not remember this? Oh my god! It was like it's it. I think I think it was like a random Christmas. I don't day.
1: think they would show a dick on Netflix.
0: Oh no! Hundred percent happened. Hundred percent happened. We're gonna we're gonna look it up after we finish recording.
1: I think the best werewolf morphing scene I've seen. Uh, was on a horrible show, but they put a lot of work into the morphing scene from um, Hemlock Grove uh, on Netflix, which I will oh. show you uh, later as well. Mm. So Cassie's morphing. Her fingers shrivel. Her bones can be heard cracking as they rearrange. Tail shoots out of her butt. There's a sickening crunch as her knees change direction. Now, I'm not going to do a whole bit of ap- academic research here. I'm just going to simply point out that that is also incorrect. Canines don't have bent back knees. It's just what we might consider their quote-unquote backwards knee on a wolf or a dog is really just their ankle. See, in many quadrupeds, it makes sense evolutionary for the shins and ankles to be lengthened. Wait, is this not the academic rant? No, I'm not quoting any sources. (laughs) I'm just simply saying in order to run, they have longer ankles and shins rather than bipeds having longer femurs fair enough so when people say that certain animals have bent back legs they don't they just have what we would consider a really long
0: yes foot. thank you this is a societal problem uh, like of people just getting dog anatomy incorrect all the time that i have to keep correcting them on but i'm glad that you're setting it out Correct, on the airwaves. Well,
1: between that and the alpha wolf, my level I of was... trust in K.A. is getting a little, like...
0: Now it's getting iffy?
1: It's almost as if this this series of, like... <laughs> books Children's <that> think... <laughs>
0: books is not scientifically accurate. Oh, yeah. Considering the fact that where you can touch an animal and then... Gain powers of morphing. I that suspend, there are aliens and that, that there are invisible
1: my, blade ships. And even more, and even more crazy, there are live TV commercials.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is the most unbelievable my thing. I
1: disbelief up to a point, but there are some things. All right. Two minutes later, Cassie's a wolf, and Jake's like, "Okay, so how are you?" Cassie turns her head and she growls. They all freeze, but after a moment, Cassie's like. All right, sorry, I got this. I got control. Cassie talks, I love this little bit. It's fun. She talks about how amazing her sense of smell is, and she actually mentions that she could smell the bacon that Rachel had for breakfast, and she's disappointed because Rachel was supposed to be going vegetarian. <laughs> it was just kind of funny to call out Rachel like that. So Tobias flies overhead. The rest of the Animorphs trek through the mountains as wolves towards the direction that Tobias guessed that this Yerk ship was coming from so jake finds himself stopping to pee every few miles uh which he's not doing consciously (laughs) it's part of the wolf instinct to mark his territory and they all kind of stop every now and then and just start howling they weren't sure why they were doing it it was just this instinct cassie said it was probably just to let the other wolves know that they were there if there are other wolves in the area so they wouldn't get into a fight I don't know if this is true or not, but at this point, I'm not going to take anything regarding animal behavior or biology to heart. Um, Tobias flies around looking for signs of this ship. He starts to think how cool it must be to be a wolf, and he's a little jealous of his friends. He thinks to, to himself, I'll have to ask them what it's like to be a wolf. And then he thinks to himself, well, I'm at it. I could ask him what it's like to be a human.
0: <laughs> I think we found the incel wolf.
1: Well, this is where the self-pitying bullshit that really ruins the book for me, like, starts to kick in. I understand having this as part of the book, but as you'll see later on, his whining overshadows everything else in the book. It's it, it just uh-huh. it's too much for me. Uh, he doesn't see any sign of the ship, but he does see a bunch of park service jeeps speeding down a long dirt road which seems suspicious to him. Tobias follows them down towards the lake where he sees several dozen armed, uniformed soldiers with automatic weapons. Just then, two helicopters with Park Service markings fly down over the lake.
0: Oh my God, did they find the BLM standoff at the Cliven Bundy Ranch in Oregon?
1: (laughs) Well, no, the captors, uh, yeah, the chopters land and out come heavily armed Quirk soldiers. He knows he has to warn his friends, so he swings back around towards their direction. And while he does so, he looks down to check the time on one of the soldiers' watches with his excellent hawk eyesight. Uh huh. His friends have already been morphed for about an hour, so he's keeping track to make sure that they. Oh, now they he's keeping track. Up, right. Better late than never. He dives down. No, towards... literally, doesn't help. He dives down towards this wolf pack, and he lands near them. And thought speaks a warning to them about the Hork-Bajir. But they're not responding to him at all. In fact... They want to eat him! They're just growling at him. They do look like they're about to attack him. Hmm. All five of them.
0: Five? Why is there five?
1: Because they're not the Animorphs. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) He thought it was. He just landed in the middle of a pack of wolves.
0: Well, so much for that good eyesight.
1: Yeah. Also, like,
0: where is this... Where is this town located where there's just like multiple wolf packs roaming around? Near the mountains. Oh, of course, naturally.
1: Well, the wolves chase after him. They're snapping and snarling, but he manages to find an updraft and escape. Then he sees a pack of four wolves nearby. Yeah, Tobias, can he you count to them? Hey, is that you guys? Marco's like, "Uh, duh, who else would it be?"
0: I don't know, Marco, the other wolf pack that just tried to kill me.
1: He tells them about the lake, about the Hork-Bajirs, about the human controllers dressed as park rangers.
0: Oh, now he knows that the controllers were, the humans were also controllers?
1: We've had this discussion before. If you see a bunch of humans working with Hork-Bajir, do you you think it's pretty safe to assume they're controllers?
0: I just want to stay sus, okay?
1: Alright, alright. They deduce that based on the direction the big invisible ship has been flying, that the lake is most likely its destination.
0: Is this a big Yurk pool?
1: It is not, but points for remembering that Yurk pools are a thing.
0: <laughs> okay, don't be condescending. I don't know. I don't remember much, but I remember Yurk pools.
1: So they don't have a lot of time left in their morph. But they also don't want to miss this opportunity to discover more. So they decide to go down to the lake, which is fucking stupid. Because as like we've... every
0: single thing they do. Yeah.
1: Well, especially since in the last book, you even remembered double morphing is a thing. They could easily just turn into a human, reset the clock and morph back into a wolf. Yeah. Like before you head out to the lake, like take a little breather. Right. But the problem with that is it's a good idea that makes sense. All so right. They don't do that. Of course. Right on cue. As always, Marco says he's opposed to the plan. Why big, is Marco still joke. hanging out with them? Why is he
0: hanging out with them? Like, he's, he, he doesn't shifts. have to do any yeah. of this. He could just, like, go back and play Slorp Troll yeah. at the mall it or was, whatever.
1: It was sleeze Troll at the Netherfjord.
0: Whatever. And yeah, he
1: could go back. I wonder if they have Sleaze Troll on, like, the NES or the Super Nintendo. He could play with his dad. Yeah. They could, he could just go I'm home is with that, his father. No one's asking him to be here. Yeah, he could be on the couch with his father watching Letterman, eating chicken cacciatore. Oh, no, that's only for your <laughs> Oh my God! That'll be horrible. You get home, you see, he sees his dad eating chicken cacciatore. No, he's one of them. <laughs> they travel towards the lake as wolves. While Tobias is flying above them, and while he's flying, he notices that ripple in the sky. But suddenly, it's no longer a ripple. It's no longer invisible. A massive spaceship appears, hovering in the air above them, towering above the wolves, above the lake, blocking out the sun. Oh my! And that's where we'll end the episode for the week. What? Shani, what did you think?
0: I mean, I wish half of the f- first whatever quarter of this book hadn't been spent on Polly the Price Chopper. <laughs> whatever her name is.
1: Yeah, I wish that that whole first part of the book didn't happen. I don't know what to be more upset about. How reckless it was for him to try that. How stupid it was for Rachel to agree how dumb the concept of a live commercial is <laughs> so this book it doesn't suck yet uh oh, gee, that's thanks. right now is somewhat relevant to the yerk invasion uh the rest of what we're going to discuss is a lot of uh moping a lot of uh self-pity uh, it, get, it gets old fast yeah for me personally we're 3.3 books through the series and i still didn't get the four things that I really want out of this book series. I want a human morph. Uh-huh. Of course. I want an update on that one woman that was saved at the end of invasion.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I want Marco to be on Letterman. <laughs> and I want a dino morph. I want it bad.
0: Yeah, but I don't think we're going to get that.
1: I do want to thank the people who have been emailing in. Uh, we finally... Got the email system set up and and uh, really appreciate everyone's support. I want to thank our listeners in Norway and India for, <laughs> for listening to this. That's friggin' cool. Uh, please write in, uh, circleyerk at gmail.com, and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, my media recommendation this week is going to be the 2012 survival film The Grey, starring Liam Neeson because um, it's got a bunch of badass wolves in it and it's a good movie.
0: (laughs) Um, We want to thank everyone for listening this week. Uh, We're very excited that people have found us through Reddit, r slash Animorphs. And anyone who's listened to us on Spotify or any other podcast channel, we should be available on most of the platforms that you can get your podcasts on. Uh, You can always follow us on Instagram at CircleYerk. And like Barry said earlier, you can always email us at circleyork at gmail.com.
1: But no spoilers. Fun fact, the major plot point that was spoiled for me, Shani totally jokingly predicted it in a previous episode. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say what it is. But okay. it, was, it was the second time now where you jokingly guessed a major, major plot point.
0: Wait, did I guess it in this episode or in, a, or in another one? In a
1: previous episode. Okay. i not going to go further than that. Okay, fair enough. Shout out and thank you to Benedict Cupstis for our theme song. Please check out his music at fieldguides.bandcamp.com. And thanks to Randall at the Kenmore for basically letting me turn the corner of his bar into my office. <laughs> um, until then, we'll see you next week.
0: See you next week. Thanks, Bye. Bye.